0: to join me monday nights 10 p.m eastern standard time for open canvas don't forget to bring an open mind yes folks that's right bring an open mind to an open canvas again that is monday nights 10 p.m eastern you opposed government corruption this is revolution radio freedom slips.com. you don't need to expect us we're already here is in us, and may God defend the right.
1: Warning, warning. We've
0: got to stop us. They're going to kill us all. See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, where you would be. I'm
1: the operation of the machine becomes so audience. makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even possibly take part.
0: You've got to put your bodies upon the gears and
1: upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people
0: who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station. Throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now
1: you've got it.
0: because I've been thinking Crip Rick.
2: Welcome everybody, I am here, it is Crip Rick, and I want to welcome everybody here to Crip Rick's, I've been thinking, it's been a while coming, excited to be here, I want to just thank everybody here at Revolution Radio for uh, giving me a lot of help getting on the the air here and walking me through how to do this, because as I've always said, I've only started doing this probably like six months ago, and... uh, you know, six months ago, I didn't even have, uh basically, have a computer. I was doing everything on my phone, and so I've come a long way with my own YouTube channel now and doing great interviews. That's what I enjoy doing. That's the heart of this show, and people always ask me what's going on, like, uh you know, what's my show about? I've had a lot of people ask me that, and I always tell them it's in the title. You know, it's what I've been thinking about, and I, that's what I cover, and I love talking about a lot of different topics so, on this show, I'm probably going to be covering a lot of different topics, uh, over time. Uh, I like cryptocurrency. I enjoy, uh, talking about, like, uh, murder mysteries. I like talking about, uh, crypto reality. There's a lot of things that I, it, music is another one that I'm really interested in to talk about. Uh, and so that's what I basically is my show's about. And the heart of it, though, is that I really, really enjoy interviewing people and, uh, hearing their stories. And, getting their points of view on certain topics and certain cases and stuff like that. And that is what I really enjoy uh, doing. So uh, that's what it's all about, (laughs) you know. And uh, I do have a great guest uh, for this show. And uh, I've interviewed him a couple times on my YouTube channel. Uh, And uh, we had some great interviews, talked about a lot of different topics. Uh, We've covered Bohemian Grove. We've covered the Daily Crowley case we've you know covered a lot of cool things and uh, i really enjoy interviewing this gentleman because we have a lot of the same interest and like talking about the same kinds of things and that is you know it makes it very inter- uh, easy for me to inter- uh, interview somebody like that because you know when you got something in common and you're researching the same things it's amazing so i'm hoping i'm doing this right and i get my guest in here so i do want to hopefully greg you're there are you there with me my friend I'm here, my
3: friend. I hope you can hear me. I hope life is good.
2: I can hear you perfect. So we're doing good. I didn't even think I was going to get this far without something crashing on me or me not doing something right. So I want to welcome you once again to my crypt. I want to uh, thank you for taking. I know that you're busy, so I know that you're taking time uh, to come and do my first show with me. So I really want to welcome you here. And I know you've been on here, uh, Revolution Radio. I think you've done a couple interviews on this station, if I'm not correct. Is that right? or am... That's right. Perfect. That's, and that's really what I mean. So you're, yeah, you're way ahead of me. You've already done this. I just, I'm <laughs> totally, I'm totally new to all this. I'm used to sitting at, uh, you know, doing an interview with you and, and on YouTube and I have my camera and stuff. So not having a camera to look at and see you face to face is kind of new, but you know, <laughs> we got your voice and it's all working. So that's amazing. So I should it's start off live. by asking. It's live. That's what we're doing here. And <laughs> I have to, I have to be honest to everybody listening. That I am really nervous. I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, but I mean, it's my first show. So I'm just happy that I made it this far. And, uh, it's very exciting. I'm super happy to be here. And I should let everyone know that, you know, Revolution Radio is listener supported. So if you enjoy the content that all these creators that are putting out, and I've been listening to a lot of them, I've met some of the creators and I love their shows and I, you know, they're amazing people here that have been super awesome with me and teaching me and walking me through everything, answer anything I want. So definitely, you know, if you can support the station because, you know, they need it. If they want to, you want to hear great content and have great uh, people to bring it to you, then, you know, definitely check out how you can donate to the station. I think that would be a great and I'm happy to have you here though, Greg. So how was your new year? I should ask you that. Did you have a good new year? I know I didn't even make it to midnight. i
3: tried to but no i couldn't really make it i am i am looking forward to this year i feel like this is going to be an awesome year a great year the sun is shining lights are bright uh no more of this dark freaking winter talk this is just going to be a great year we're going to make the best of it
2: that's awesome yeah and you are you're doing a lot of cool things you got a lot going on with your channels and on youtube and that and you're also on anchor which is where i originally got my my start doing podcasting i was doing it on my phone like you know with anchor that's how i started getting comfortable talking to like a microphone and that so i'm definitely going to be starting to upload my shows to anchor and that like you do but you're on anchor and you're on youtube definitely and i think you're what are some of the other platforms that you're on i know there's a couple other ones that you're starting to uh get on to
3: but probably Rumble. Um, Rumble, that's it. Yeah, the TikTok. I'm not happy with that or anything. There's Bit shoot, So I think just getting on as many platforms as possible because we are being being shadow banned, and that's why it's so great to be on a station like this where they actually love freedom. Freedom exactly. does flip. and hey, man, we're we're here to catch that. And I just love being being a part of this, and nothing like live radio.
2: I totally agree. I that's what. Well, I grew up to live radio because. Uh, Back in my, when I was younger, that's, you know, you tuned into the radio. That was what you did. And, you know, for your music and everything, like, I try to tell, like, the younger people that I talk to that, you know, it wasn't always so easy just to go and get any song off the internet that you wanted or, you know, any movie, basically, or whatever you want. You know, back in my day, I remember sitting and listening to a radio station for an hour just to hear one song. And if you missed that song, then you didn't hear it for another four or five hours. So... (laughs) You know, I definitely like the whole idea of radio, and I think it's something that's um desperately needed because, as we all know, the other platforms like YouTube and that are you gotta be so careful when you're on those uh channels and you're doing your content because they're just looking for a reason to to pull you off like and so you really can't say a lot- you can get some of the truth out if you kind of sneak around it and word it in different ways they'll kind you can kind of get around the edges but you definitely got to be careful. Like, and I'm sure you would agree with that. I'm, you know, especially with the content that you're doing and that you got to be kind of careful.
3: Yeah, we're getting, we're getting banned. I got, I got, you know, we're getting strikes for just a couple, a couple words and it's just crazy what they will let on these platforms and what they won't. Right. So it's very, very biased, but that's all right. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to be, be stopped. We're going to keep moving forward and continue on in a positive way. And make the best of this and support freedom until we don't have any left. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And that's the scary part. I was just telling, uh, I have my tech guy here, Jamie, with me, and um, I was telling him that I was watching a a Twitter uh, video from, it was probably about, it happened about three weeks ago, but what kind of got me worried in this is with the whole COVID thing and, you know, getting the jab and stuff like that, is that there was actually a video of the police in my area and this was on video, which I'm going to probably show on my YouTube channel, which was really disturbing to me, was that they were actually, these police were going into, filmed them going into a restaurant and actually going table to table and bugging people at dinner and asking them for their vaccine passports. Mm-mm. And I know, and I was just like, wow, like how close are we to, you know, the people that aren't vaxxed having to wear basically a scarlet letter or something yeah. like that, because that really disturbed me when I saw that. Uh, video, I was like, wow, like I really didn't think it would ever get to this. Like if you would have told me two and a half you know, two and a half years ago that we'd be where we are with everything that's going on, I would I wouldn't have believed you. I mean I knew it was coming but I didn't think that it would happen quite this quick. What do, what do you think? Are you kinda of surprised the way things are going with all of this?
3: I'm not surprised that it's happening where you are up there in Canada, I guess, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, I am a little shocked that we're seeing that here too, if you want to go and participate and Sports games and all that stuff. It's kind of eased out now, but it's like different different states. It's like almost like you're living in a different country with each right. state. Some states are very very pro. Some states are like, nah, you know, it's it's all choice. So, it's um it's interesting what we're seeing from state to state. But what I'm seeing worldwide, yeah, that does kind of scare me because usually those are all test runs for what they want
2: to do here. Right
3: in the USA, so well same as
2: Canada. Like I always tell people, what happens in USA is gonna, it's coming to Canada. Like we're we're basically the same, is what I've always believed, and I know. And I, you know, I've been keeping a close eye as I, as I'm sure you have been too. And well, I know you have been keeping a close eye on what's going on in Australia because, you know, I definitely think that's what they're trying to get past there, and what they are passing there, and what's going on is definitely going to be something that is coming our way i I, i'm one of those people like i i'd actually eat my words because i thought that before christmas where i lived that there was going to be more lockdowns like i actually thought that i was i was convinced of it and it never happened and uh so i was kind of shocked and so it's kind of you know i i get what you're saying that it's kind of weird like it's nobody's kind of like coherent and all like it's not all unison like every states are doing different things and you got more measures in some areas and less in others it's kind of really weird how they're doing it like i just find it really uh, to me disturbing what's going on i hope that things get back to somewhat normal but i don't think it ever will i definitely think that it's all i think the worst is yet to come i hope i'm wrong i really do but i definitely think that this year i hope it's gonna be a great year i'm praying for it but i do think that we're going to, you know, see some weird things coming down the pipe. What do you think?
3: Yeah, i think we're always going to have that. There's always going to be some something new. It's always going to get worse. But like i said, you know, we're going to stay very Positive towards this. We're going to do the best with what we have. All we can do is look at what what do we have? Where are we in this world? What can we do to make this world better? We cannot be scared. We cannot fear these these things. We have to just look at what our choices are and make the best possible choice for us for our family, and for this whole planet here. And right. that's difficult. And each person has to do that on their own. That's why I never tell people, hey, you should get the shot or you or you shouldn't. Right. Do, do the actual research. Look at what's going into these shots. Don't just do it because they're trying to scare you, too. They can scare you all day long, but does it really help? So I have family. I have friends who are testing positive. They take a second test, and they're not positive. Right. Okay, so you you know these these te- it's just it, this is just so crazy everything that that we're seeing happening now with this whole COVID thing and people just need to you know make sure that you're, you are you're doing the best that you possibly can and do not fear do not be scared because that will just cloud you
2: exactly yeah and my uh, my my friend here my tech guy Jamie here just gave me an article here for can K- for Ontario where I live and I want to read this to you because this is news I just saw this like this just Popped up, and it is so. What it's saying is, the Ontario government announced more COVID nineteen restrictions on Monday due to rapid spread of the Omicron variant, saying the province will return to a modified Step Two of the reopening plan. So we're going taking a step back. Uh, Premier Doug Ford, <laughs> gotta love him, announced the new measures during a news conference as hospitalizations due to COVID nineteen and case counts increased across the province. So CT, uh, CTV News has compiled a list of all new restrictions, which will come into effect on Wednesday, January 5th. So you never know. My prediction of lockdowns may be a little late, but I think they're coming. And
3: Are this uh, saying anything about deaths, or is it just about cases? Cause I often it's just hear cases. About tests, but never about deaths, never about, yep. you know, all these people are having issues. It's like this is if most people that I know that have had COVID or think that they've had it, it I, I can compare it to – a common cold that I get every year. And it just happens to be around this
2: same time that I get it every single year, every year. And so are these people and they're testing positive. Well, that's the amazing thing that I've always tell people is that since all this COVID started that, you know, you don't hear nothing of a flus anymore. You don't hear nothing of uh, the common cold. It's kind of like, that's all it's either you have COVID or you don't. And I'm within the boat with you is that I've had friends that go in for a test. They test positive, then they go back and get a second test. They're negative, and and so there's something shady going on there. And then it's really like the. And then from the article that I was reading, there what it looks like they're going to be doing here in Ontario is that social gathering limits will be reduced to five people indoors and ten people outdoors, which is crazy. Capac- How are you going
3: to enforce it? How do you I have no them? idea.
2: Yeah, I have no idea in capacity, but we will be limited at organized public events to five people indoors. Like, how do you even... Yeah, like, okay, five people at organized public events. Okay. And then businesses and organizations will need to ensure employees work remotely unless the nature of their work requires them to be on site. Crazy.
3: And then, and then they'll probably have to get get the shot in order Oh, for to sure, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, they're doing... Like, I, that happened to me at the... There's a coffee shop around my house and uh and uh what happened was i went in and i go in there all the time to get a coffee and uh i went in and i usually go in and i sit down and wait because i order something and they wouldn't even let me wait in the in the coffee shop because i didn't have my vax i haven't got back so i don't have the card and i walked in and i ordered my stuff and then i was waiting and the manager came right out and he was like you you know do you, do you have your card and I got upset and said no and had a few choice words, and then they made me wait outside for my order. So it's wow. cracking down here. Yeah. So they're really cracking down on that, but, you know, it's kind of scary. Uh, I'm I, I,
3: I, I just, I'm just not going go to go those, to those places. I, I agree. And that's a personal choice, though. I know some people have to, some people, you know, whatever. And I'm not going to look down on people that do either. But for, for me, it's like, you know, I have to pick my – Battles, and that is a battle that I can win. What, what I spend my cash on, what I spend my money, my fiat currency, whatever you want to call it, what I spend my Federal Reserve notes on—that is my 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 choice. I can I can control that. And uh, places like that, you know what, man? That's why I haven't gone to any sports games. Uh, you won't find me at any wrestling shows either, for the for the same right. reason. So, and I I do hope that all of that changes but you know what i'm just i'm not gonna
2: not going to participate in that at all right yeah and i'm the same way like that that's the one argument that everybody keeps giving me is that if i don't get the jab that i'm not going to be able to participate in life basically and which i really don't i don't really do it anyways i'm not somebody that's not extremely social like other than my when i tattoo people i i am obviously um but i make them very well aware that i'm not vaccinated and stuff and um But I'm not somebody that goes to malls. I'm not somebody that goes to a lot of movies. So I'm not at a high-risk area. But the fact that they can go into a restaurant while you're having dinner really worries me and start asking you for your vaccine papers and stuff like that. To me, that's crazy. And I'm with with you. I'm with you. I I won't support those places. I won't go back to that coffee shop uh, because I just think that, you know, maybe if more people start doing that, and the businesses start feeling the pinch of that they might have to back off a little bit but as long as people are going along with it which it seems like most people are um they're going to get away with it and we've we've, we've
3: we've been in this covid thing about two years now has yep. has your view changed on covid when
2: it first came out has your view changed for the better My, or the worse um well for me i it was uh I When I first started, like the one thing I tell people is that about a month before COVID got basically put into the mainstream and it was being talked about, I got really, really sick about a month before everybody was talking about it. Like, I'm almost certain that I had it because it was the sickest I've ever been in my life. And for about 10 days, like I I, I had all the symptoms that what they say for COVID, I couldn't I couldn't breathe. I was burning with a fever and it, like a few times i was considering going to the emerge the emergency room because i was having such a trouble breathing but i mean i i was really sick so i definitely think that i may have had it before people even knew what it was and if if it was just a regular flu i got then i am doomed if i ever do get covid because just that regular flu killed me but i uh, my my views kind of changed on it because i looked into it i really was scared for about the first two weeks of COVID being in the mainstream media and that's probably my one saving grace is I don't tune into mainstream media. Like I don't watch CNN. I'm not glued to those news channels where they're just pumping fear at people, you know, like they still are. And um, so I, I kind of always looked at it as just, it's basically like a flu. Like, I mean, that's the way I always looked at it. It's a bad flu. And you know it, it is killing people, but the flu kills people every year. That's nothing new. And I mean if every year they highlighted um, they highlighted all the deaths from the regular flu and stuff like that, you know it would be it would be high numbers too, I'm quite certain from the research I've done. And so I've always looked at it that way. I've never been totally like I'm not scared of it in that way. I just look at it as a flu. And if you are taking vitamins, like I take a slew of vitamins every day, um, I try to eat really healthy get a lot of sleep and I find that you know so far knock on wood you know I've been I've been lucky and um I didn't even like I didn't even like the mask idea from day one which I do now if I go out I do wear a mask you know like uh just to be respectful basically but I'm not going to get I'm not getting the vaccine and that's basically where I stand on that but I like my, my view has always been the same Greg is that it's just a bad flu and and you have to trust your immune system a little bit to fight it off. And I think people should basically rely on their immune system a little bit better and do a little bit more research into what they're, the fact is what scares me. I think what I'm trying to say is that with the vaccine is that nobody knows what's really in it. And I'm not so eager to run and put something in my body that is a experimental hasn't been out very long and never been put in humans. Uh, and we just don't know what the long term effects are going to be like has you has your view changed on it over the two years? like were you scared of it at first, or have you always been kind of like me thinking it's a flu?
3: No, I took it very, very seriously, and I still do I still do but, right um yeah i was I was like you know um telling my uh, people that i that I worked with I was like, we got to take this seriously. You know, like I, I don't know what this is. I don't know what the game plan is. I don't know what, why this is all coming out. But um, I definitely took it very seriously, and I thought that it was. Um, I I thought if you get COVID, you will die.
1: That's what right. I thought
3: when all this first happened. Of course, as we we went on and we learned more, it's like no, they're just reporting on the cases that die. They're not reporting on anything else. They're not talking about the fact that most of the people that are dying have other issues too that they're right. dying from. So right. it, was a, it was a big turn for, for me. But um, the way that I saw, you know, I saw all these people act and, um, you know, wearing masks and wearing full body coverings and all this stuff, it was kind of weird. But I, when, you know, when this first happened, they were telling us not to wear any masks. Right. And then a couple months later, we're told we should all be wearing masks. But I mean, it makes sense to me. If you're sick, please wear a mask. If you're mm-hmm. not, why should you wear one? I never understood that. And I still don't get that.
2: Right. Yeah, I remember you saying that on one of your interviews on YouTube, like one of your uh, videos. You were saying that you, if you're sick, by all means wear a mask. Better yet, if you're sick and you, you know, stay home. Stay home.
4: Which
2: I, you know what I mean, like that's what I've, all, I've always done that. If I'm sick, I stay home. Um, but yeah, like I, like I get, yeah, like I just remember when it first came out that they, they were really pumping the fear into people, and I don't know why. I'd never had that fear. Like, I respect it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm i not, like, I had a lot of people at the beginning when I was saying all, like, I was looking at it as just a really bad flu. I had a lot of people telling me, like, oh, so you don't believe that COVID's even real? And I'm like, no, I never said that. Like, that a lot of people like to put words in my mouth or twist things. And uh, I'm like, no, I believe it's real. Like, I do believe there's people getting very sick, and there's people dying from this and all of that. But I just, you know, I remember the first kind of, month that this was out that they were going to like I do remember news people saying that there's going to be people dying on the streets and there's going to be like bodies on the streets and and they were saying that I mean maybe not a lot of people remember that but I do remember hearing that on different news stations that it's going to be that bad and where I live maybe it's just because where I live that I've been sheltered from it and I don't see it in the numbers like a big big city like a, you know like a like like New York or some places like that or even in my area like Vancouver um I don't see it but in the area that I live in um I don't know anybody that's ever got it I don't you know but right now where I am living it's a funny thing is that we do have like the highest cases in Ontario is in in the city that I live in it's basically we're like the capital right now for that for the highest amount of cases but they're not talking about people dying from it like you said they're talking about people just being infected by it so and i to me i've always thought the death rate is what people should be looking at like yeah if people are getting sick that's fine but how many are recovering and how many are dying to me that's the number that people should be really looking at that's right that's yeah right.
3: Th- that, that's the one that that really counts i mean we could all get it we all get flus and they were saying more people die from the actual flu Exactly. So they died from from this. I mean, when I realized that we have like a you know a percent of sur- survival rate, I was like, oh well, that changes everything. Because like like I was saying, I, I thought if you get it, you're probably gonna gonna die. <laughs> that was yep. the way that, that that it was being told. I remember Dr. Fauci was saying they were expecting probably millions, hundreds of
2: millions of yes. deaths. And that's what they were saying and they were saying that all like right at the beginning they were really hammering that into people and i just where i lived i never saw that like i just like i like i said i'm probably sheltered where i am so i'm not seeing it in the worst case scenario and it was kind of funny because when it was really bad like in the first month or so when they were like yeah, well, maybe a couple months they were really like talking about how you know um oh i got music going on i got a break coming up apparently
1: All
0: right, hold on a second. Listen to Revolution Radio at freedomflips.com. We'll be right back after this message. This is Thomas, a.k.a. a Mad Painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. you to government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedom slips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. Murder mystery. Real natural law. You enjoy interviews with amazing guests? Then join Crip Rick every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right here on Revolution Radio. Studio
1: A, FreedomSlips.com. Crip Rick, I thank you. Welcome to the Crip.
0: Enter into a world unseen on Raven Star's Witching Hour will encounter eclectic topics from the realm of spirit brought into our matrix of truth. With your host the Solaris Blue Ravens. Solaris will bring you an array of unique guests covering topics from ghostly spirits to amazing anomalies, covert technology,
3: UFOs, and shadowy global events.
0: And that's right here at revolution Radio freedomflips.com, Saturdays, midnight, till 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps.
3: Let the magic rise.
0: <laughs> Galactic Interstellar Council on Revolution Radio Studio A, Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Join us as we traverse the star paradigm, as expressed in the time-space continuum that we know as the divine expression of love and light. integrating this conscious unity into the galactic paradigm. So welcome all, both terrestrial beings and galactic beings as one. So be it. You're listening to Revolution Radio. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of this program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not... Be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. All right, thanks for listening while we take that short break here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. And now we're going
2: to get back to your host. Well, welcome back, everybody. A quick little break there. I'm sorry I was kind of talking through the break there. I didn't. I thought the breaks were at the top of every hour, so that kind of caught me off guard. While I was talking to Greg, are you still with me, Greg? I'm still here, but I, I oh, like perfect.
3: Those, those thirty minute breaks, man. It's pretty cool to break. There. I do
2: too. Yeah, I do too. It gave me a chance to take the uh, drink of my coffee and talk to my talk to jamie here beside me to make sure everything's sounding good and that he's kind of keeping an eye on things so yeah i wasn't expecting that and all of a sudden i heard music coming in i'm like okay what did i i thought i clicked something i was like oh no i clicked a button somewhere i'm now i'm messing up but it's all good to know need. that's yeah. all i when need yeah
1: music hits that's right that
2: that's awesome be. yeah really cool yeah and i just wanted before i continue just let everyone know that here at revolution radio it is uh you know listener supported so definitely Check out where you can donate and if you can give a little, it definitely I imagine everything helps. Every little bit helps to get this great content out to people. So definitely dig a little deep if you can. It's a new year. It doesn't hurt to do a little donating if you wanna keep great content. A lot of great creators on here. There's a many shows I'm already listening to every day and a lot of great information coming out of here. And I'm just really happy to be here. I wanna you know, thank everybody that's made this happen to get me here and uh, walk me through it. And I want to thank you, Greg, for being my first guest. I think it's cool. Like uh, we've always had great interviews on my YouTube channel, so uh, yeah. it's just great having you on here.
3: Yeah. So I'm guessing if people just go to um, to freedomslips.com and there's a at the top there's a
2: place where they can donate, right? Correct. You can see it right here. Awesome. There you go. That's yep. easy. So exactly. It just dig a dig a little deep there, people, and do some donating. And it's a great time, beginning of the year. And then you know you helped. Uh, Get this great information out there, so I definitely think you know it's a great thing. But I did, I have to admit I do like the brakes. That was kind of it was a shock at first, but now I'm going to be expecting it. That's great. Keep going on <laughs> like, your toes, brother. Exactly, exactly. Well, like I said, I was I was saying at the beginning, I'm so used to looking at you on a camera and face to face, and so kind of just talking to my mic is is uh, it's really cool. But eventually, I am going to be trying to do actually on my OBS do a video call with my guest and record it on my OBS and do it live while I'm on the radio. So I want to have a few more, but I didn't want to do that for this show because I'm just happy that I made it here. That's all. That's all I cared about. I was like, if I can get on the radio with no hiccups and get Greg on here, do the interview, then that's a win for me for this show.
1: Nice.
2: You know, but yeah, so as we were talking about the COVID there, so I, I did want to get your whole comment. Like, what, So we were talking about whether you were, uh, where you stand now with COVID from at the beginning or like you said at the be uh before the break that you were definitely scared of it at the beginning. And well, now how are you like how are you say, now?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say scared because I don't okay. fear I, I only fear fear God. That's it. Okay, that's right. My only fear and that's not doing doing God's will. That is my big fear. But I took this very seriously serious right. when, when I saw a lot of other people um, making memes and making jokes about dying from Corona, like drinking the Corona beer drink right? right or whatever. It was, yep. So I saw, I saw, and I was like, oh, that's that's funny. It's very creative and stuff. But, you know, but I always felt like, you know what? We need to take this seriously. Now, I still take it seriously, but for a different reason now,
1: right? Okay, because what's that now, reason?
3: now I'm kind of seeing it more as, you know, I really believe this was targeted and it is targeted towards certain people. This is this is bio-warfare. Bio um, I do still think that you know, a lot of this is related to President Trump, and a lot of this was geared towards him. This was a big attack on him to see what he would do with it. They wanted him to wear a mask during every press conference. They wanted him to tell people how scared we should be. They wanted him to force this shot, they want him to do what Biden is basically doing now. They put mm-hmm. on the mask. They do the press conference. He's got the mask on. The press conference is off. The mask comes, comes off. Donald Trump was doing these big rallies with hundreds or with tens of thousands of, of people, people waiting to, to see it. They wanted him to wear masks. They kept pushing him. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Why aren't you pushing this? Why aren't you doing that? And that told me a lot about who these people are where this thing came from, where COVID started, why it all started, what was the big thing here? If it's not just, uh, you know, something that happened and we all need to help each other out with COVID, if this was something that somebody planned, if this was a bio uh, uh, attack, who are the targets? What is their game plan? Looking into that even made me even more cautious about what the heck is going on here. How can mm-hmm. you have five people that live in the same house and only one or two people get it? Right. That makes absolutely no sense. How is this virus targeting certain people and not targeting other people? It's right. crazy.
2: And it's true. Like I, like when we were doing our one interview that I did with you um, about the Bohemian Grove, we were talking about the Georgia Guidestones and how they want to reduce the population drastically. And so, I mean, it, it to me, like I, I agree, I do believe this is a bioweapon. I've always kind of like after you know a few like after looking at it more and more as time went on i wasn't thinking that way at the beginning obviously um but the more research i've done and looking into it i definitely think that this is something that it's not just it didn't just happen like in nature kind of like a flu like this was something designed and i agree with you that and that's the thing too is like that's probably another when you're asking me like where i stand with it that i never really i'm always questioning it uh the severity of it because For the longest time where I lived, if you went to a restaurant, you had to wear your mask when you went into the restaurant. I'm sure this was the same everywhere, and you're laughing, so I already know what I mean. You wear your mask, and you walk in, and then as soon as you sit down, you can take your mask off. And apparently COVID COVID doesn't get you when you're sitting down is what I always said. I'm like, okay, so it's apparently you get it when you're standing up. That's what happens. It's It's
3: a stop, drop, and
2: roll. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: that's
2: what we learned. That's what we learned, yeah. So, you know, and then when you're done your dinner, you put your mask back on and you leave. And I was like, okay, this makes no sense what they're they're trying to sell us. And then also what really got me upset is back when they were really hammering people, telling them to wear a mask and, like, social distance and, you know, the whole drill. Then you go and you see all the politicians and that, and half of them aren't wearing masks. They're all shoulder to shoulder, then you get leaked footage of, like, some of them going to get their hair done or they're going to a narrow salon or they're going to eat at a restaurant, not wearing a mask, all sitting there when all these restaurants were supposedly closed. And I'm like, okay, I see what's going on here. Is it diff-? Like, it's always been. It's always been a different set of rules for the elite and the wealthy than the average person. Everybody knows that or they should know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Um, so- too-
3: Two, two different classes, two sets of rules. I mean, whatever, whatever you want to say. But, I mean, I, I think it may even go deeper than, than that, too. You know, oh, I mean, right. we have so many different people. Um, it just, it just really, it's just really weird that it targets people. And I do wonder, if, if Donald Trump had not won in 2016, would we still be here? And I do believe that COVID was actually uh, – that they used COVID to get Trump out.
2: Right. Right. And it wouldn't shock me. It it definitely wouldn't. Um, I put nothing past them. I definitely always believe, Greg, that we're dealing with a very evil class of people. And when I tell people that, you know, like uh, they kind of laugh at me, some people. Some people get what I'm trying to say that we're dealing with evil, satanic people, is what I call it. And the people that are way up there on the chain, you know, like they're definitely. Uh, to me, they're a cult of evil. That's what I've thats what i heard. I've heard that phrase, and that's what I, I believe it to be. I and mean, that's what we're dealing with um, that's going on in this world. And what's kind of like – I kind of want to break off on the COVID. I don't want to make a whole show about COVID, but <laughs> because I wanted to ask – and it kind of ties in, though, about how the mainstream media twists things. And I, uh, you're working currently – I want to kind of get into how you're working on a book because you've written a few books which I'm looking forward to getting. I really I've read your one uh that I got offline because you provided it at your website. So I read your one on David Crowley case. Amazing book by the way. Where you Thank go through everything and you have your you have the proof there. People can look it all up. You make it very easy for people to uh look at the facts of the case because you provide all the links and stuff, which I think is great. So it's a great book, but you are currently working on a book for the Kyle Rittenhouse case, am I correct? That is correct. Right. And what what got you? Like I, I got interested in the Kyle Rittenhouse case through your videos. I remember you were on YouTube. You were posting the court case every day. You were kind of like keeping really close tabs on it. What made you hook, like lock onto this Kyle Rittenhouse case?
1: It was it
3: was a very sim- simple case. It was something that I knew that I could pretty much latch onto, and everything seemed like like common sense. Um, so I was, you know, I was listening or I was watching. The whole the whole riots and again a lot of the riots I do believe they were aimed towards towards Trump and even this Kyle Rittenhouse case is a very strange case I mean super super strange on so many different levels even if you want to take Trump out of it okay but there was there's um, all of these riots and the police are told to stand down they are told to let these buildings burn I mean and this was not just happening this was happening all over our country. This was happening in my small town, my small town, that this stuff never happens. They were boarding up their businesses in preparation for riots in a small town. I mean this was just a highly coordinated thing where they wanted to get people angry. They want this country to burn, maybe maybe this whole world too, but – when i when i started seeing that i started watching the actual riots and you can see the real protesters the peaceful protesters are always out there usually in the daytime Mm -hmm. and then once once the night comes out then you get the same cast of characters the paid protesters the violent protesters that we've been seeing for years and years and years and um So I was watching that, and when this Kyle Rittenhouse thing happened, the media was spinning it as if this guy was running around shooting people. Right. And so I – but the, the thing was that the video was so clear on that day. The video came out within 24 hours, and you could clearly see that Kyle Rittenhouse was not attacking anybody. He was defending himself from four different people that's what, what he did it was so cut and clear but the media was trying to make this guy out to be some some white killer right it was all about the it was all the same stuff that we saw so i knew that i had to to keep on this because it was so simple because it was so much common sense and if people just watch it people just look at it you can clearly see the kyle rittenhouse did not do anything wrong um he it's nothing that none of us should should have have done we all would have done the same thing if somebody is going to beat
2: you up you are going to defend yourself i agree agree. yeah and we have that right as humans we have that right and that's the thing that i think a lot of people don't it's kind of getting drilled out of us i think over time is that they're making self-defense a bad thing and and as 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 human beings we have the right to self-defense we if somebody is attacking us we have the right to defend ourselves and that includes with lethal force i think that people have to realize that and i'm sure a lot of people that do listen to the to the well a lot of the shows on here they they, you know this is common knowledge like i mean but a lot of people don't realize that that they're kind of making self-defense a bad thing and we saw that with this kyle rittenhouse case because i can't even believe that it went to trial like i really can't when i saw the video i was like i was like you i was like okay this is a clear-cut case to me, when I saw the videos, it was purely self-defense, and and so I imagine I was as shocked as you were. Like when it actually went to trial, were you shocked that they actually tried to make a case out of this and made a case out of it? I really
3: wasn't. Um, I was. I was not shocked because I kind of saw this coming. I think this is what they wanted. They were looking for this. We've been. I've been looking into things to see. Okay, was this was Kyle a target? Was he a target? Because how does, how does a guy like this, when he's with these other guys who are former soldiers, and all of a sudden he finds himself by him, himself, that just seemed really interesting. Uh, like how does – you know he is, is supposed to be with these other people. They're guarding property. They're helping people. And all of a sudden he finds himself by himself. His, his friend tells him to go – To this, to the 63rd Street car, car source parking lot. Kyle goes there by himself. You should never be by yourself, first of all. And I I think that's a very valuable lesson that, that he learned there. But how the hell, how does that happen? Where he found himself by himself. That was the biggest thing that I was like, there's, I mean, you know you don't want to accuse people of of things but i mean it's just like they should have been watching after him somebody should have been with him that whole whole time but obviously the kid had no fear and what was so interesting i think one of the greatest things about this is he fired so few shots right he clearly showed i mean the guy knows what he's doing and a young mm-hmm. kid 17 years old i mean you know i can tell you i would not have you know, if I was in that same spot, I, I definitely would have fired more shots just to make right. sure that these people are down and they're not not—they're not going to do do anything further. Just right. I didn't.
1: didn't
2: right. No, I...
3: Six shots total. That's it. Right.
2: And, yeah, and you could... And it wasn't like he was, like, going crazy shooting and, like, just, like you said, six shots and you could tell it was on defense. He was trying to run away from all the videos I saw. It wasn't like... Uh, like, I, I really found it funny how during the the court cases, like how they were trying to say that he got this gun and he was this, he was planning this like that. And that's the narrative they were spinning there for a while is that he went to his friend's shooting range and he was practicing and he was going there because, you know, he had this all planned out kind of what they were trying to spin it as is that this is what his intentions were for getting the gun and going to protect the businesses from the way I saw it is that that's what they were trying to spin it as is that he, Bought the gun just for that reason. That and was the
3: very that was the very first thing right. he was asked about. Everybody you shot that night, you intended to kill. Correct. Exactly. And he says, yep. "I didn't. I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to stop the people who were attacking me by killing them." And it's just like they wanted it to. So they they were trying to show that Kyle, like you said, they we went there to to kill people. Like he, that was not the reason why he went there.
2: It's it's just so great. And this prosecutor knows that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That prosecutor was a piece of work. Like I've never seen a judge actually get upset like he did with <laughs> uh that prosecutor that one day, like he was really lighting in like you know, lighting him up and I was I really thought it was gonna get thrown out. Uh but then I kinda realized that it's such a big case that that would have just been another great big mess if they would have actually like threw the whole court out. So they had to see it through to the end. But you could really tell that the you knew the prosecutor. He knew he was stepping over lines all over the place and the judge, was you could see the judge was not buying, you know, like the prosecutor was kind of acting like he didn't know what he was doing and that. And I'm, I was really impressed with the judge handled him and kind of called him out on it, saying, like, don't act like you don't know what you're doing. i You've tried cases before. He, before you know the law, you know what you're doing. So what did you think of the judge? Did you think he did a good like he he did good or what, what do you oh, views on that? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the first judge chosen for, for this case. But, yeah, I, I think he did a he did a a great job. Um, At some point, I was wondering, is this guy trying to get like a TV, a TV series, (laughs) a TV show or something? Because he's really good. Like, I want to see more of this judge. I want to see him on like, like people's court or something like that. You know, he is just really on it. But then I'm like, you know what? No, we need good, good judges out there like that. And I do believe that he was fair. You know, people think, oh, he was totally, you know, just, just one side. No, I don't. I don't buy that because he would get on both both sides he was a very fair judge but his personality this is not like oh he was just doing this for the Kyle case right because I was like well maybe he's just kind of
2: overacting for the Kyle case nope this is how this judge is right no I yeah I I agree Uh, I I like I like the judge too I thought like he he tried to keep it as even as he could and you know I felt bad for the jury because they were always getting told to leave because the, the, the lawyers had to talk to the judge or vice versa. So I really took my hat off to the – I would not want to be a jury member in that case. I just remember saying that a lot when I was watching the videos on your channel and stuff, like watching it. I was like, I would not want to be a, a jury member in this case. I uh, Just – it was such a hotbed topic. And, you know, you got to remember at the beginning, too, that they were – like, they really tried to smear Kyle's reputation. They were trying to say, like, he was at a bar with KKK members and – he was, you know, all of this crazy stuff. And I remember some of the first reports, at least that I saw, is that they were actually thought that he did shoot a few black people. If I'm not, am I'm correct on that, right? That they thought he shot actually a black person, but the only black person involved was the jump kick guy that actually jumped up and kicked him. Right. So, yes. yeah, I I mean, I just, the way the the media was playing this case, like, did that really, it probably didn't surprise you, correct, the way the media was playing this case?
3: No, it it didn't. That actually made me kind of latch on to this one more because, um, you know, I mean, within thirty minutes of watching the video, it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I would have done the same thing. Right. Somebody is running at you; they're chasing you, and you you shoot them, and they grab your your gun, and you're somehow the person who's yep. wrong. I mean, w- I mean, Binger was was saying, well, they should have just. He should have du- duped it out with like ten people with all these people chasing him, surrounding him, like right. that night was so crazy, and this this was not the first night they had burned these violent protesters had burned things down for what two nights Yes. And, and and now you have where they're from, like, okay, look, we're going to have to do something. None of this would have happened by the way, if the police were allowed to do their job
1: that's I what agree. they're there
3: for, okay, so they always want to blame Cobb. It's like, you know what? Don't don't get us into a situation where we have to all be Kyle Rittenhouse and you won't have these type of, of of problems. The police could have stopped this. They would have stopped a lot of this stuff if they would have been allowed to do their job.
2: Right. And they're not. They're not. And we see that with riots all over. Apparently, that's the new normal is that the police are told to stand down. And just let people go ahead and, you know, do their thing. And I and I just find that, like, why are they, you know, why are they not doing their job? Obviously, there's some other hidden agenda here if they're not allowed to do their job. I agree with you that they could have stopped this the day before, wait when it started. And, you know, and then I like what I, I found interesting was what I wanted you to talk about, Greg, because through your research is that people kind of think that after Kyle shot these people on that and, you know, through self-defense, that... There was no more shooting after that, but you were telling me that what you don't hear a lot about on other interviews is that after he left the scene, that the person that was supposedly backing him up that he got separated from went to the, where the, the first shooting happened, and they were shooting at him. Am I correct on that?
3: Uh, yeah, you're talking about... Uh... Guy named uh, Ryan Balch. So That's Ryan the name.
2: Balch. Sorry, yeah, I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, where did I put the name? I'm sorry, Greg. Yeah,
3: he's, he's a he's a he's a former former soldier. So um he was he was there. He was with Kyle most of that night. He was actually the one who was saying that we need to be next to Kyle because he was young. Kyle was young. He felt like he didn't know what he was doing, and he saw that these other protesters. We're at, we're very agitated by Kyle, just by his presence. And sometimes we can have that uh, effect on people, especially Mm -hmm. when they're trying to burn things down. But yeah, so, so Ryan, Ryan Balch, um, after Kyle Rittenhouse shoots Mr. Rosenbaum and Kyle Rittenhouse tries to turn himself in and the police do not let him turn himself in. That's a whole other issue there. But after all of that happens, then Ryan Balch goes back to where Kyle, where Rosenbaum was shot, and somebody starts shooting at him from his second floor window, from a nearby building.
4: And Uh-oh. there's somebody
3: else with Ryan, Ryan Balch, and there's somebody is shooting at them. So you right. have other active shooters there. Then the SWAT team comes in. Ryan Balch and the other guy are kind of pushed back, and then that's pretty much all that I know. Some, you know, I don't know anything. I haven't looked into anything after when the SWAT team shows up. Right, how deal with that active shooter, but why the hell is there an active shooter there? I think Kyle Rittenhouse was supposed to go back to 63rd Street, and they were going to kill him there. Right,
2: that's right. A, a, a theory, but it's just
3: really, really weird. You have cops saying that that whole night there were shootings. there were shootings at a at a park near nearby. There were lots of gunfire going off that night. But this is this is the only one that that they focus on. Even after Kyle was shot. Mr. Rosenbaum, there were several shots after that.
2: Nobody uh-huh. knows where those shots came from. Right. And that, yeah, I remember, and you don't hear anybody really talking about, like, they kind of talk about right up to the point where that, it, uh, kind of, Kyle went, and we should cover that, where Kyle did go in, to try to turn himself in, but could not get there. Uh, at He couldn't get there right away to the police because they had the whole police station barricaded, so that's why he didn't turn himself in right that second, but he did turn himself in that's key um he did go turn himself in but you kind of hear up to that point but I I didn't I never heard of any of that you brought that up about how you know there was the SWAT team brought in and stuff like that I I just never you don't hear about that in other interviews at least not at least none of the interviews that I've heard
3: yeah no no Ryan Ryan Balch that was the only time that I ever heard any of that stuff and I was fascinated by it like whoa that's That's pretty crazy. Somebody actually went back there knowing that somebody had just been shot there, had just been killed there possibly, Mm -hmm. and they're waiting to shoot somebody at the same location, firing exactly where Mr. Rosenbaum was shot and killed in that same spot. It's really interesting. It is interesting. I, I I, I just don't think that Kyle was supposed to make it out there,
2: and by the grace of God, Kyle Rittenhouse did make it safely out. I I agree and um just kind of wrap up this hour like this is great because I'm kind of keeping track of the time. Also, what radio is teaching me too is to keep track of the time now, um so I don't actually talk into the next break. But uh, when you at the end of the case, um did you think all the way through the case that he was going to actually get off on all the charges? Because I know in my point of view, I said right from the beginning that he's going to get off on all the charges, and I got a lot of pushback from people saying that. That's never gonna happen. Did you always think that? Did you yes, think he I was did. gonna walk? You did, eh? Yes I did.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I,
3: I didn't have any any doubt that he was going to walk. I thought I thought that there were gonna be more riots afterwards and I was I was pleasantly happy that there there weren't. A lot of more riots. It seemed like a lot of the people that were out and there weren't that many people who were out in front of that courtroom that were protesters. Of course, the whole media makes it sound like there were a ton of people out there. There was like one or two skirmishes within what, nine, ten days or something like that. And they were very you could tell those people were just there to just start start trouble. Right. There were there were peaceful people that really thought Kyle should be guilty. But they were they were peaceful. They may have said some things or said some crazy wacko things, but that's about it.
2: Right. No, I totally agree. But definitely, we will be back. Take a little short break, Greg, and I will be right back with you. And I want to thank everybody for being here and joining me at my crypt.
1: That's
0: Ask me, hey, who? Why do you do it, man? Why? Some kind of war junkie? I won't say a goddamn word. Why? They won't understand. They won't understand why we do it. They won't understand it's about the men next to you. That's it holidays. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, number one listener-supported radio, the printing press for freedom at a time when freedom is needed the most.
4: I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt.
1: I will defend myself
0: against their tyranny. Number three is my regular Yes, I'm squarely in front of the public all the time, and they all know what's going on. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on for expanding its fear of influence. Hello. My name is John Wayne. And I do a broadcast here at freedomslips.com, revolution, radio, called The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1.
1: Freedom and are at war. And
0: folks, I assure you, we are in Defense Condition 1. As we journey perilously through this paradigm that we currently reside in, and I ask that you join me every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the unofficial truth. Defcon 1. The original machine had a base plate of pre famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic Marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal Lotus O-Deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative medium radio on the planet. All right, thanks for listening. One with two fish short break here. Revolution Radio, com, And yeah, we're going to get back to your host.
2: Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back to my crypt. We are here. We have made it to the second hour. So that is amazing. It's awesome. I'm just so excited to be here. want to welcome everybody for and thank you all for tuning in and listening. And just remember that here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, it is all listener supported, so please, if you can, don't forget, head up to the top of the screen, hit the donation section there, and if you can, please make a donation to the station, so that way, all of this great content can come to you all of 2022 and, you know, make things a lot easier, and that is what is great about this is that, you know, it's you people that listen that make this whole thing work and that is a really cool part about it. And I think radio is you know, it's definitely something that I'm really enjoying. And wanna uh welcome Greg back for the second hour. We're here, Greg. We made it through hour one. We're doing good. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hour number two. Hour number two. I was yeah, I'm so I'm I was so nervous and I think that's normal when you're doing something that you've never done, so uh i'm just happy that we're here i really want to thank you once again for taking the time to come and chat with me be part of my first show and cover some great stuff i always enjoy uh chatting with you and we, we always seem to have a great conversation because we definitely like you know looking on the same cases and uh you know, think along the same lines of a lot of things, you know, and maybe not music. We don't kind of agree on music we're gonna go, yeah, we're gonna have to do a show on music because I as I told you, I'm stuck in the eighties, like I mean, I was a heavy metal fan, I still am, and I just really uh you know enjoy the eighties metal like that's where I'm at and but i my I have a broad range of music, like I'm not saying I just listen eighties metal but I definitely like stuff from the 70s and, you know, like, uh eight you know, like 70s, maybe a little of the late 60s. I was kind of raised on Elvis from my parents and that. That was their big rock star in their day. Yeah. And I love Elvis, don't get me wrong. And I like a lot of, you know, there's even a few country stars I, I don't mind. Um, But, yeah, we definitely, you know, like I know you're a huge Lizzie Buckingham fan, if I'm not correct. Whatever. Absolutely. That's yeah, right. you're a huge. And Phil Collins, which I've never been a fan of. And that's what oh guy, we're going to have to have. I know.
3: I, that's criminal.
2: That's I criminal. know. You told me that last night when you told me, you're like, <laughs> what do you think of Phil Collins? I'm like, I don't like him. And you're like, oh, we have to have a talk. But Yeah, we're going
4: to have to talk about that
2: one. We will, yeah. And so, yeah, you're a fan of wrestling. So, uh, I mean, I'm a, I am grew up watching wrestling, so I'm a fan of that too. So I think we just click on a lot of, of different topics. And we definitely will do have to do a show on wrestling sometime in that and what you think of the wrestling situation because to me just to hit on it very briefly because I do want to get into uh another topic um that we were discussing but I definitely think wrestling from the time I was watching in the early eighties has really evolved and gone in a weird direction for me. I'm not I'm just not sure if I'm more of a fan of this new stuff or if it's the I think you know, back in the Hogan days, I mean It's kind of weird. It's definitely gone in a weird direction, in my opinion.
3: Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like um, people who like Star Wars, but they don't like the last three movies that were made. I totally get it. There is still some good wrestling out there in in JPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. You know, with people who like the old school style, which I get it, you may not know who the people are, give it a, a chance. But yeah, I totally get it. The WWE thing is just like I I watch it and I'm just like this is this is just bad. Great wrestlers. The wrestlers are awesome. I love wrestling. I love the wrestling product but it's just yeah, the storylines, all of that. I've been watching I actually have it up on my screen now, some of the old um the old W C W shows and I'm this
2: is great wrestling. Like this is great stuff, so you know. Definitely a topic. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a topic we're going to have to hit on. I'm not sure how many people listening are wrestling fans. but <laughs> I mean, two. if not,
4: yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> me and need. you.
2: But <laughs> if we have to, we'll do it on my YouTube channel or whatever. <laughs> I just, I think it would be a cool topic. And I definitely on my YouTube channel want to start. Uh, and my YouTube channel, guys, if you want to go over and have a look at it, it's the same name, Crip Ricks. I've been thinking. You can find me. I've done uh, lots of interviews. I've done uh, two or three with Greg on different topics that we're kind of covering here tonight. I've done uh, recently. I'm going to uh, probably tonight I'm going to be posting the interview I did with Dan Henning. Um, yes. That's going to go up, which is a great interview. And I uh, do a weekly show with my uh, a friend of mine who's really big in the cryptocurrency and got me into it and teaching me all about it. So I kind of wanted to bring him on my podcast on YouTube and walk people. And what we do is if you go right back to epi- the first episode of uh, Me with Paul uh, at BitSwift, that's Basically, in the title, uh, he walks us through the origins of cryptocurrency right from the start to where it's going now. We're kind of building on each show. So, people that are absolute beginners and have no idea where to get started in cryptocurrency, because that's where I was when I, before I met Paul, was I had no, I wanted to get into cryptocurrency, but I had no idea how to do it. And I found all the terminology and I found, um, that when I tried to research it a bit, that I got really lost and I wasn't quite sure what all the different terms for were for different things. I didn't know how to even invest or anything, so I wanted to make sure that Paul walked anyone watching right from the beginning. So I think that's a great one that people should check out if you're thinking of getting into cryptocurrency. It's a great starting place. It doesn't uh, it doesn't make up for doing your own research but at least it gets you familiar with the terms of, uh, that are thrown around in the cryptocurrency community. It gives you some ideas of where to go to get started and what to research. So I think it's a great show uh, to check out. So definitely, if you wanna head over to my YouTube channel, I'm trying to get over a hundred subs right now, so it'd be cool if I could um, and start it up that way. But definitely great interviews with you, Greg. I've uh, We've had some great ones on there. And one of the topics that we talked about, and I think it's fitting for tonight, only because it's a seven year uh anniversary of the David Crowley uh murders uh murder suicide whatever people have many different terms for it, <laughs> like what they're all calling it you have some people thinking that um David Crowley did this and the evidence is there to prove it and then you have the other side that are saying that the evidence isn't there and they don't they think that he's innocent and uh what got i i should ask just in case people don't know about all your research what got you interested in the david crowley case at the start uh it
3: was probably dan hennon he was he was the one who got me looking into this case and said hey you got to look at this case and
4: uh, i had
3: heard of gray state the 2012 trailer anybody can go and see it it's about two minutes or, or so and yep So, you know, I had watched that back in 2012. I thought it was fear porn, so I didn't really give it any any thought. Um, So when Dan, you know, was like, hey, you should look at this case, they're saying David Crowley killed himself, killed his wife, killed his daughter. Um, I took a look at it, and pretty quickly I was like, wow, there's some big questions here. Any time that the police jump the gun – and they say that this guy is guilty so quickly, within mm-hmm. hours, within one one day. You know, any time that that happens, it's definitely – and that's what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse, too, right? So quickly. Is, oh, they have the whole story figured out. Kyle Rittenhouse right. is guilty, basically. So anytime time that that happens, you know, I, I want to take a little deeper look in into this thing. Um, it just so happened that I kind of knew people who knew David. I did not know David Crowley, but I knew people who knew him. And then they started – Con- contacting me, and I was like, okay, well, this is now getting weird because you have all of these people who are, you know, always like I wouldn't say anti-government, but they're questioning, you know, they want you to question things, you know, question what the government is doing, question the the wars, JFK, nine one one, et cetera, et cetera. But here, when it comes to one of their close friends, they don't want to question it, and they don't want to, they don't want us questioning it. They want us to just think, well, this guy killed his, killed his wife, killed his daughter, and killed himself. It's like, okay, well, give me some reasons why I should believe that he did that. And if he can't do that, then I'm, I'm not going to. (laughs) No, I agree. Three are seven years later, I'm still waiting for somebody to
2: give me some reasons why I should think David Crowley is guilty. Right. And then I kind of wanted to let me just back up for one second, Greg, I do apologize, because I, I wanted to ask you about and I only found the reason I kind of it slipped my mind just I jumped right in the Crowley case was I was watching on your one channel that you were in the same area, there was a murder, uh, like a murder suicide, kind of in the same lines like you and you did a, a video on it on your gray stage channel and where you kind of discuss a case that is very similar. Can you let people know what that case, I'm sure you know the one I'm talking about, and just kind of let people know who that case is about, if they want to look into it, and kind of what the circumstances were for that case?
3: Yeah, I think you're talking about the pinup case, and that was um, there was a, a a man, a husband, a wife, and he was uh, – accused of uh killing his wife and then killing him himself no right. no suicide note. just like in the david crowley case there was a bullet missing they didn't find that until later and it was actually one of our group members Sophia, who actually brought that up and um she was looking into other cases that you know happened by the same people that were investigating david crowley and so you had this case that happened pretty soon after that Soon after David Crowley's case, and so she pulled that up and she, you know, sent in a a data request form and she got all of this data. And it was crazy how much data she got on the Pinnock case compared to the David Crowley case. Right. By the same people, and there's audio recordings, et cetera, et cetera. And it's another case where, you know, people can think that in the Pinnock case that, um, that the the husband was was guilty they they left two cats there but if you look at you know if you compare the crime scene photos at least in the pinnock case we got we got a photo of where that gun was where the gun was found right. and you know some partial body photos i guess too but you know it was it was it was when you compare those two cases which happened within months i, I think you know maybe it was, one, yes. one year or so but um and you look at the information that we got in the Pinnock case compared to the information we got in the David Crowley case, which is a more high-profile case. We should have got more data. The police mm-hmm. should have done more. We should have gotten some type of a of a in you know of a final summary to say, look, this is why David Crowley is guilty. We didn't get any of that stuff.
2: Right. And so I
3: think that's that was, was one of the big things that kind of stuck out with that pinup case. was. Um, I,
2: I, I totally agree, Greg. And that's the one thing I noticed when I was watching the video was that even with that case, when it came to the crime scene photos, there were so many more pictures taken of the gun from different angles and uh like a lot of pictures were taken of it. And then I find with the David Crowley case, you guys were lucky to get one picture or one or two pictures of the gun. And it took you guys a while. You guys were requesting that picture for quite a long time from what I remember before you even got a picture of the gun in the David Crowley case. And I kind of find that really strange that, like, yeah, like I just found that with the case we were just talking about that the evidence, it made sense as as I was reading through the evidence and looking at the photos, it kind of all like flowed better. Like it didn't, with the, with the David Crowley case, I, there's so many, it doesn't flow like the other case did when you're looking at the photos and you're looking at the evidence and stuff like that. Do you kind of agree with that? Like it, it's the way it flows better. is the only way I can put it.
3: Yeah. I mean, we, we, I mean, I guess we technically have never gotten a photo of where the gun was found. There was a photo that was posted on another website Um, and that's the only photo that I've ever seen that shows where the gun was found. Now, we haven't been able to verify that that is a real photo. Oh, okay. Hopefully, hopefully that is a real photo. Um, and then, you know, but we, we never got a a photo showing where the gun was found. We were actually told we weren't going to get one. (laughs) So it was pretty crazy that somebody, that is crazy. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't. The police can't say, well, you know what? We're going to give these people one photo, and we're not going to give them to these other people. You know, they they can't they can't do that, and they know that they can't do that, and that's why um, we're kind of in this limbo right now. We're kind of waiting for them to give us photos that right. are circulating out there that other people have. Well, that's all that we're we're, we're asking for. But in that other case, yeah, there's a lot of clear cut things. But I also found it strange that in both of these two cases, and in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, there was a bullet or there was a bullet shell that was missing that right. nobody You're found right. un- un- until somebody said, "Hey, there's a bullet or there's a bullet casing here." Oh yeah, okay. Well, there there it is because they already had their mind; it, it was already made up. They already had what their story was. But that's not what the police should ever do. Where are these trainings coming from? And the more I talk with some police, it's like. Yeah, they're kind of being trained like that. Okay, wow. you, you walk into a, to a house. Oh, well, you know, let's just make this easy. Don't make it easy. Make it truthful. Exactly. Find out what, what the truth is. It's okay to say, hey, we don't know what happened here, guys. We don't know. It's not oh, okay to cover it up and to say, you know what, we don't want to endanger the public, so we're just going to create this, this theory that these guys are guilty and that's it. That is not cool. And that's right, not what what the police were were here for.
2: Right. I totally agree, and and that's the the thing is that when I started looking into the Crowley case years ago, um, if what like I've always like I I I I'm still kind of in the middle, like I'm always bouncing back, and I know I've been telling people that for months now, and that's because and the reason I'm saying that is because it's the truth is that one minute I'll be, I'll look through some evidence and I'll read it again. And I've, I've probably read the police reports. I can't remember how many times I've read the journal that, uh, of David Crowley, the day one journal and stuff like that. And I've read them and I've looked at the reports over and over again. And I honestly am bouncing back and forth. Like, I'm like, okay, I think he did it. And then like, you know, the next day I'm like, I don't think he did do it. And then I'm, I'm always kind of bouncing back and forth, but well, give well, uh, give us
3: some of those things because you know, give us some of those reasons why David well, would be
1: guilty.
2: Well, the reason I think that, like, it kind of sometimes makes me believe that he could have, and I'm not saying, and like I said, I'm I'm always changing uh, as I read things and kind of learn more about things. I'm kind of always bouncing, but from what I read in his in his day one journals, which you've also done some videos on and read and read some parts of the journals, and that like it was clear in my um. From what I read, and this is just what I, uh, how I took it, I could be totally off and people could read the journal and see it and read it in a different way, but he definitely was struggling with a lot of issues. And I do think, and I think he, he though he was never diagnosed that we know of with PTSD, uh, he does say in his journal that, that he thinks he does have it. And he was trying, I think, in a lot of ways to find a way to deal with it in his in like try to find a way that he could um uh treat it so you know that's where i think the marijuana comes in i think that's where the mushrooms he was trying you know the drinking okay but why st- does
3: why does that lead you to a double murder suicide well what the real question
2: right right and i well i just i guess it would lead me to believe that I, i'm not saying it leads me to that that's where it leads me to is that he didn't do it i'm just saying I, the possibility that he was dealing with some issues um, and maybe, you know, we're only getting snapshots in with the journal. That's the thing I don't like about the journal is you're looking at a, a very click moment of time where he was writing down how he felt, but you're not getting the whole story. Like, he's just leaving little clips, right? Like, it's just little paragraphs that he's hitting you with or a couple of paragraphs. So what was he going through all the other times? Like, was he – like, and that's where I'm kind of saying that I could see somebody that's struggling kind of snap I mean, like
3: – does it does it help to know that the police looked at the journal and said
2: there's yes. no motive there? Yes, and that's that's where I flip back. See what I'm saying? Like I I'm thinking to myself, is We all do that, right? I mean, right. You know, no, I agree. That's what you
3: should do in this case, right? Right. right. And, and that's what think.
2: I exactly. And that's what I try to do. I try to stay. I try to be objective and look at both sides. And then, like as you just said, then I, when the police spend a year trying to find any reason. Or any evidence at all, and you know, Greg, as well as I do, if they could find any shred of evidence to point to say, look at, it shows it right here that he did it, and then he snapped, and he was going there, and he mentioned it, that they would have thrown that all over uh, the reports to show people, and they they can't prove it. There's nothing in. They can. They did. Uh, they checked all his hard drives from what they said. They went through all the evidence they could, and they could not find any reason. To prove that he did this and that he was planning it, or anything like that, so that 's where I kind of flip back and say, "Well, something smells you know what i mean like that 's the only way I can think like what are come, what are some of the things um, that that make you sure that he is innocent, and this is not what happened like what are like i, I and then i 'll tell you what i the ones that make me think that he's innocent too if, but I just want to hear what you, your ones are oh
3: okay. sure, I mean well, the fact that they can 't really tie him to the to the crime. Correct. They have never been able to tie him to this crime. They don't have his DNA on any of the, you know, bullets. Uh, or they have, you know, they have his DNA. They don't have any of his of his blood. Um, there's missing DNA. There's unknown DNA sources. But the fact that they can't tie him to anything in this crime scene is a big, big problem. Right. Um, that, that, I, I, I would definitely start there. You know, the fact that they can't tie him to any of that stuff really bothers me. It's like, wow, okay, so they're basically saying because they couldn't tie anybody else to it, then David must be guilty. But then they don't preface it with, well, wait a minute, we couldn't tie David to this crime. They can't tie him to any of the actual writings there. Right, they can't tie him to any of the the shootings that that happened there. So, what are they? You know, why would they ever say that David Crowley is guilty? I can see them saying that he is a suspect. Right, but right. To to go to that to that second stage and, and say, well, he's you know he's he's definitely guilty or whatever. Um, within, within 24 hours, to me, just does not make sense. When I mean, you have all of this evidence that shows why David Crowley did not do this, but the burden is on them to say, Right. This is what proves David Crowley guilty. Everything that I would say, this is what I need. I need this. I need you to show me these things. And that will prove to me David Crowley is guilty on all of those things they cannot prove. Anything. They can barely put the gun in David's hand. Correct. They, they they can't. They cannot say David shot Kamel. That's the one. They can't say David shot himself. They can't prove David shot anybody in that house. They can't prove David wrote blood on on his wall.
1: Mm-hmm. They can't
3: prove David wrote a note in his in his office bedroom. They can't prove David wrote um, a typed note on the laptop right i mean it's just honor on. those those would be some of the some of the big things but the one thing that i was just looking for is like look you guys when people started contacting me telling me to shut up and just think that david crowley is guilty give me something prove to me you know, show me something why do you guys think that david crowley is guilty that's it that's all that i've ever asked for right do, you do it because it because there's
2: nothing there yeah And and I that's the thing too, and I've always heard you say, and I've heard a lot of people say that are looking into this case, and I and I include myself in that too. Is that if there's ever evidence that comes out, definitely proving David Crowley did it, I've heard you even say, and I've heard others say that you have no problem ever saying that he did it if the evidence is there. It's not like you've dug your heels in and you're like he, you know, you would never turn back and say that, you know, he's it is like, you know, he's never. How am I trying to word it? Like you're you're more than willing to say that he did it as long as the evidence that they present is 100%. And, you know, and I'm the same way. And the the thing that makes me like the case that always really, when I went through all the reports, is the fact that they found the bullet that supposedly killed David uh, a month later, which to me is a big deal. This is like, I mean, a lot of people gloss over that, that they found this bullet in the attic a month later. And they kind of gloss over it and just say, oh, well, uh, you know, the police missed it. Or, And to me, that's a big deal because if the police did miss it and they didn't decide to, apparently they looked everywhere in the house, but they didn't look up at the roof, um, I don't buy. And then the other one that really disturbed, and in fact, let's not forget that when they did find that bullet up in the attic, there was DNA on it, touch DNA, but there was no uh, blood DNA. There was no blood. There was no tissue from what I've read on the reports, and there was no hair and I do know because I have a friend that is a gunsmith and I I went and asked him. I wanted to know what a forty five caliber hollow point bullet would do if it somebody shot themselves in the head and what the what is the characteristics of that type of bullet. First I was shocked at the size of the bullet that when he showed it to me, he actually let me hold one in my hand and I was like, Wow, that's a scary looking bullet. <laughs> and he also told me that the way that these uh when they make impact with anything solid they kind of spider out like it spiders out and has all these sharp little like spider legs I want to call them for no better lack of I just don't have a better word for it I'm sure that people that know ammunition and that they have a word for that I don't know but I just call it like the spider legs it kind of spreads out and then it just tears like he said like it just grabs everything along the way that's what you're designed to do so when I told him that that bullet was found in the attic a month later with no tissue on it no hair embedded in it. He said it's almost impossible. Right. So that would happen.
3: Yeah, that 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 would match the bullet that was shot through the through the living room floor. Where there's that's no another one.
2: Yep, body. that's where I was yeah. going. Yep. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just like, okay, hey, how
3: could there not be any blood on this? This is a hollow point bullet. Yep. A 40, 40 cal shot from a Springfield XD handgun. I mean, there's just no way if, if, that hit somebody, there would be blood on it.
2: Yes, there something there will be blood. <laughs> I mean,
3: it's a great, there will be something there, and and it's just it's just not there, and it's 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 so crazy to to think that, and to think that that is why it's like the smoking gun. You know, they don't they never want to focus on it. You know, they never want to focus. I mean, we talk about John F. Kennedy, they don't want to focus on the. The magic bullet, right? Right. you never want to focus on that. When you talk about September eleventh, they never building want to focus seven. on Building Seven. Here you have the clear smoking gun here, if not one of many smoking guns here, that says, "Well, wait a minute. Okay, first of all, they found it one month later. There's no blood on it. That, how do they know that this is the the bullet that killed David, David Crowley? You know." Uh that doesn't that doesn't even bring you know, when you think about all of the body parts that were missing, the hands that were missing, all of the flesh, all of the stuff that was missing. It's just so crazy how many right. things that they missed and how quickly they all jumped to the same thing that David Crowley did this, blaming PTSD, mm-hmm. blaming David's Scripts, blaming David what he was talking about. As almost to, to silence people who do believe that the police state is real, that one day they will come and knock down your your door to make sure that you're not, or to make sure that you are COVID compliant. Is is that where this country is is headed? Did David know something about that? I mean, what if David was here now? What what would his thoughts be about? I agree of this different stuff. It's it's there's so many different questions, but just breaking it down to the basic thing. What proves
2: him guilty? What proves that he is not? That's right. It. And let the evidence, uh, the f- evidence guide you where it, to the answers. And that's what I think. You have to take out your personal opinion, which I try to do, because um, I don't have, I don't, I, I mean, I never knew the man, right? So I mean, I like it does, uh, there's no benefit for me either way. So right. I'm definitely looking at it objective. I didn't know the guy. I don't, you know. So I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the evidence, and I want to be fair which I do in any case that I look at, that I want to, you know, read all the, you know, the files and come up with my own conclusion. And I found with this case, at least for me, the more that I dug into the police reports and started looking at the photos is I got, I got the files, the, the police files and the actual documents themselves made me doubt it, that he did it even more. It's what I found, like when I was going through all the evidence and stuff like that, that's when I started getting more questions and I was like, wow, like this is not adding up. And like I said, uh, from my evidence, that really bothers me is the bullet that they found in the ceiling a month later. Huge deal to me. The one that they found in the floor that they, you know, that was shot through the floor. And I've had people say, well, he was shooting at the dog and he missed. What I don't about buy- the
3: bullet that, that rolled out of, of the carpet Ex- a couple days
2: later? And exactly. Other DNA. Somebody else's DNA is on that. Right.
4: Right. I mean, and the killer's
2: DNA. It could be. And then I another... And, yeah, and then the, that was another one where I was going to say, and then the last one that really gets me is the blood that's on the bottom of the of the Lazy Boy chair that was never tested. And there is, there's a big pool of blood there, and to me it looks like that's where somebody, like their head was resting and they got shot, or I'm not sure, like, but it looks like that to me, like the roundness of it, and it's like just soaked right through in blood and right. never tested. And that's the thing that – that's probably another thing in this case that really – bothers me is all the stuff that wasn't tested like why didn't they test the dog feces and then if there's uh bone fragments in it and they can prove that then that, that eliminates that question and people can't say that the dog you know they can say okay there's evidence that the dog ate it they tested the feces there's pieces of bone in it or DNA because they can pull DNA out of the feces I know that cuz I asked the vet and also uh, there you know, go
3: so that's I mean that's the whole thing. It's like that's one more thing where they say, oh well, the there's missing hands, right? Yep. David's David's hand is missing. Camell's entire or Camell's both of both of her hands are missing. The daughter's entire right arm is missing, and they don't test the dog feces. to yep. They don't do anything with the dog to prove that the dog ate these body parts, but they're just going to say that the dog did it. Of course, of course, you know, they can say anything then. They can just make up stuff and say that David did this too. There's so many of those different things that I really think that people just don't know, you know, because we're only getting two different sides. We're either getting, well, the government killed him or David went crazy and killed these people. And it's like, no, I really tried to focus my, my book on the facts here, on what we know and let you think whatever you want to think
2: about it. Right, and that's the way, that's all you can do, too. I mean, that's what I recommend people in my videos, too. I always say to them, like, don't listen to me. I'll give you my opinion on it and where I'm at, it. but you have to go through all the evidence. And I will warn people, if you haven't looked into this case, definitely if you start looking into it, it's a lot to go through. There's a lot of uh, crime scene photos. There's tons of documents. Uh, police reports that you got to go through, crime scene reports, the coroner stuff, which I went through several times. Um, I even downloaded his scripts off your site. I remember, like, telling you that my I printed out this, the two scripts and my printer almost blew up because it was shooting out paper so quick. And in, if you correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but in the 2013 script, he kind of does touch in on a pandemic and uh, kind of what's going on yeah. now. Like, very lightly he does, though, if you read it
3: yeah he he definitely does he talks about a virus talks about a vaccine talks about mm-hmm. people wearing masks things like that so yeah he was touching touching
2: right on for sure and what and what script i I'm just curious because I know you've read them too what is your favorite script? are you a fan of the two the first one or are you a fan of the the ones that he rewrote like and which ones do which ones did you which one did you like more and what reason like the reason why you did?
3: So I like them both for different reasons, I would say. So the 2013 script is like a Stephen King novel, and the 2014 script is like a Tom Clancy novel. So depending on which one you like better um and the mood and everything, there were a lot of things. Like I would love to see somebody take both of the scripts, take the best of both of those and combine them into one film. Right. Um The, the 2013 script, because it talked about the – bohemian club i think you know i i was like oh that's pretty interesting stuff i thought that the 2014 script which was more like a tom clancy police state movie i thought it was more intelligent um was more like a like a mainstream um script the 2013 script was more uh cultic um just a lot of you know shape shape shifters um right People coming back from the dead, almost. Think weird, like weird. So it, it, it all depends on what you're into. I think if you're more into the Stephen King, you'll you'll like the 2013 script. If you're more into the Tom Clancy, like me, you'll probably like the 2014 script better.
2: Right. And do you think that the the movie will ever get made? Do you think I got I don't, I, you? Don't I think don't. so.
3: No, I I kind of think that in some ways it already has been made. Um, I, I think you can look at certain movies and kind of see some elements of it, I guess. Right. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think that I I would like to see it made. Um, but I don't think that it, it ever will just because, you know, the only way that I could ever see this getting made is if we get David's name cleared, because who is going to make a movie from a child killer? So it was, that's another reason why, you know, you can kind of see why some of the I don't want to call them wild conspiracy theories because they may be true it may be a government hit it may be a big powerful people who looked at David's script and said no we cannot do this we cannot have this out there but you know I don't know what what this script there's so much to it and there's so much relevant in it that I just you know I would love to see it made But it would be really, really difficult to to make because they would always have to go back to this was made by somebody that they think killed their
1: kids, killed their wife, and
3: killed themselves. Unless we can get his name cleared, I don't think this will ever get made. Right, right. That's
2: kind of where I'm standing on that, too. I think if it was going to get made, it would have been made by now. And I I agree with you that maybe if they... There's legal
3: reasons. There's legal reasons, too. too.
2: Sure. Yeah, and I think that you know, like you said, like they're not gonna. It's kind of a taboo uh, movie just because of the implications behind it of him, you know, killing his daughter and his and his wife and then himself. There, nobody's gonna really want to touch it. Um, what I've watched the Netflix documentary probably like four or five times and Ooh. i was i did not like it i did i mean i tried i looked at it the first time i it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth when i watched it the first time so i thought i'm going to i always try to watch things a couple times because you kind of pick up things that you missed and i still didn't like it actually after the third time i liked it even i didn't even i it bothered me even more and just because i think that they tried to very much uh lead the viewers into a very uh narrow gate where they wanted you to go and make you get to that conclusion. And I know you were part of that very short. You know, you and Dan Henning were in that very, as the crazy conspiracy guys is how they portrayed you guys, in my opinion. What did you think of that Netflix documentary? Well,
3: they had interviewed us for two hours. Um, Really? Yeah. They had a lot of footage. I I told them about um, that bullet in the ceiling. Uh, We had talked about all of that different stuff. And, that's not where they were going. So I, I clearly saw um, what they what they were focused on. They were just fo- They wanted the drama, and people. There are a lot of people in this case that just want to focus on the drama to make it about me versus Sean Wright and blah blah blah. You know, this person versus that person, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, well, no. What a, what a documentary should be focused on is what proves David Crowley did this, and what proves that he didn't do this. Right. So I hope one day there will be a real film that is made on that. What this was is just uh, – it was um everything we've seen but on steroids. So it was all of the propaganda. David is crazy. He's guilty. He was a soldier. He fought in, in these wars. He thinks that the police are going to come knocking down people's doors, et cetera, et cetera. David was a filmmaker. He was, a, he was an excellent filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, and they just pretty much tarnished his whole filmmaking process. They went after him, even after he was dead, and that's what I didn't really like about this film. Two things I didn't like about this film, the way that they went after David Crowley to make him look crazy, and the way that they went after, Camel, after David's wife, Kamel, to make her look crazy, and, and the fact that Kamel's family had all of their footage taken out of that film because Eric Nelson was trying to make his film – he was trying to make it into a pack theory that David and his wife had plotted to kill themselves and their daughter.
1: Right, and, and I, I heard that like, too. Like
3: like, like Sean, Wright, Sean Wright and those people, they still think that that is true. They believe that. They believe that there was a, a some type of a pact theory, which is complete BS, and that would also not be a double murder suicide. So even those people who think that this is a pact are pretty
2: much on our side, where they think that what what the police are saying is not true. Right, right. That that's yeah, I totally agree. I can't I can't argue with you on that. And I was really it must have been a little upsetting for you when you saw like if you they interviewed you and Dan for two hours, and that's the. They put you in for what? You're maybe in there like five minutes, minu- kind of. Two minutes. minutes.
3: Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that. I'm, I'm actually in the trailer, too. They put me in the trailer, but, um, I don't, you know, I didn't even think that we would even make it in. Uh, um, wow. Because, so which leads you, you,
2: know, you they, yeah, they, so that means that you can tell they weren't even looking to get your true, like, look at the evidence that you and Dan and every, all uh, the other people were looking into it were providing. Correct. Because they, you know, two minutes out of that and, you know they. I, that's and you were kind of hesitant. I think you were telling me right from the start of this when they approached you, right? You weren't too eager to actually do this documentary, were you? Or like, no, no,
3: no. But I'm. I mean, looking back now, I'm. I'm glad that I. That I did. But at that point, no, I was. You know, I. I knew. You know, I was kind of like, now I know what this is going to be. It's just going to be another hit hit piece. And you know, do we really want to like have? that side in there and I think Dan Hinn was right it's like no you got to have that side at least they were willing to to interview us they, right. they spent money they had to, they had to hire people to come out to my parents' house and film film me right and uh, film Dan and you know do all of that but um it was it was the questions were all the same every Every newspaper company or anything like that that had contact me, was all the same stuff. It was never about, look, guys, let me tell you. Do you guys know about item 57? Do you know about these bullets? Do you know about all this stuff, the DNA missing? They didn't know anything about that, and they didn't care about that. They wow. already had their, their whole story. They just wanted us – they wanted a few crazy con- conspiracy theorists, people who thought the government did it. They didn't realize, apparently, that Dan and I did not believe that the government had anything to do with this. Right. So, it, yeah, it was it was just – it was so crazy, and I don't know.
2: Um, so it might I'm, be I'm, a documentary that you should look into making Is maybe down the road sometime it would kind of be cool if you would make a, a documentary where you do honestly look – at both sides and give people both sides. Like the people, you know, look at the side that think that he did it and the side that that thinks that he's, you know, that he didn't do it. And I think that'd be that's what this case needs. I think it needs an objective documentary kind of like where they honestly do look at both sides and hear both sides because that's to me you have to in this case and I and I've heard you say it many times to people is that you have to you have to if you want to get a good idea of this case you have to dig into it yourself and really dig in and start looking at it yourself and come to your own conclusion and that's what I've always recommended for people I've heard you recommend that Dan recommend that and I think that's the way to go like it's it's just a lot to go through like that's the problem I had when I started really digging into it it's just so much to remember and there's so much evidence that you got to go through that it's it's incredible how you guys know like you know the numbers of the bullets you know all of that information which is crazy to me it's it's impressive.
3: Well, thank you. I mean, that's that's why I wrote this this book was um, to make it easy for people to pretty much get caught up on just just the, the the simple facts of this case, and and just take that and you know whatever your theory is, whatever you think it, it is. But you know, I, I've noticed that a lot of people who want to think that David Crowley is 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 guilty. They already come in. They put their personal feelings into it. I have no personal feelings to put into this. I could walk away from this case now. You right. know, I could, I, I, I could walk away from all of this right now and and not feel bad and feel like, hey, I've done my my part. Look, I've given you what what the facts are. Whatever you think about that, whatever you want to do with it, take it, do it. You know, right. it's all clear. It's to, right. to, to me, it's very, very clear. But um, it, what I don't like I don't like, is when people are being tricked. I don't like when people are trying to trick people. I don't like the way that there's so many different slants on this case where they want you to just think David Crowley is guilty, that every soldier who has PTSD is going to kill their wife, kill their kid. Kill, no, that doesn't happen. Usually people with PTSD, they kill themselves. Right. They're going to kill a five-year-old child. Not right. gonna kill a 28 year old woman. Not gonna write her name in in blood. I mean, there's just so many different things that just don't line up with any of these theories that I've that I've heard about why David is is guilty.
2: Right, and that's true, and that's why I've always liked the name of your channel too, is the Gray Stage, because as I've always said, I've said in a couple of my YouTube videos that whoever did it, it was definitely a staged. It was staged. I mean it's crazy the amount of staging that went into this for whoever did it, whoever, whatever side people fall on. And the thing that like I found kind of weird too with the whole suicide notes is that David, you know, everybody agreed David was a writer and he had a flair for their dramatic and stuff. If you read his scripts and that and you see his trailer and all of that. And I just have a lot of trouble believing that he wouldn't have left a note way like, a note or something like more than what he did a lot of like, like, you know, you can't prove that he was even the one that wrote it on the computer because that can be faked uh, by anybody. Um, uh, I To me, like, and I'm just saying like, do you find it weird that he didn't leave a note? And I do know I've done research on suicide notes to be fair. A lot of the times people do not leave notes. And that I mean, I wouldn't be honest if I didn't say that, like it is, it's like, it is a common that a lot of people don't leave notes. But to me from the, what I've learned about David, he would have definitely, I think, left some type of note. I just have a hard time believing that he would have just left those few little sentences like he did. What do you think about that? Do you agree? Or
3: I don't think that any of the notes there would qualify as a suicide note.
2: I agree. I agree. I
3: mean, I've, um, I often compare this case and the documentary to the Kurt Co. Cobain case
2: Kurt Cobain yep
3: yeah and the documentary called Soaked in, in Bleach which is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen I would love to see them do a documentary on David Crowley in that same vein in the same way
2: that is an amazing documentary yeah, it
3: it really is, but and it's just like you know. Even then, it was like. But I think even Kurt Cobain's was signed, right? It was signed, even though it was, uh, it was fake. Yeah. I, I I could be wrong on that.
2: Oh but... uh, yeah, I can't remember. It's been so long since I saw that documentary. Yeah, I think but it, I, I think it was
3: actually signed it, again. I
2: could I could be wrong on that. Right. There were there were two notes
3: left, and there, technically, if you um include the blood writing. On David Crowley's wall there were three notes left in three separate rooms none of them right. were signed by by David. None of them could be labeled as suicide notes I don't think but they were all it, it, they were all left for the police to see in wide open. So mm-hmm. you have three notes here three things three stage things whether you believe David Crowley staged it for the for the for the cops to see or somebody else did right these the whole crime scene is staged for right. the police to come in and to quickly wrap this thing up
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i and i agree that's that's why i love the name of the, when you say the gray stage and i think that's a perfect name for it because it is a stage and from the music on the laptop to go off when the police went in as you said to the blood writing the blood writing on the wall which is another thing i have a problem with that they can't pull any fingerprints from that uh you know there's so much like we could do another whole show on just all the evidence like and how there's you know there why is there david's blood on the magazine that's in the gun like how did that get there obviously if his blood's on the gun on the magazine he had to have some type of injury right and why was he bleeding at all like why why is his blood there? It shouldn't be there. If it happened the way the police say they think it happened, you know, then explain to me why his blood is on the on the clip of the of this um, of this gun. Why why is it there? And uh, you know, from what I can tell from the autopsy reports, there was no sign of. You know, it's kind of hard to tell because a lot of his body, you know, his head was missing and his uh, right hand and stuff. But why is his blood there? And I must probably make you question it too correct like how does blood get on the magazine and why yeah. is his blood not all over the gun why is everybody's blood not all over the gun well if his if his blood is on the
3: magazine why right. is it not on any of the bullets it should at least be on one bullet right at least at least yep. okay so if you don't have it there you don't know who wrote ala 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 yeah on the on the blood wall Right. You don't know who who did that. You, you don't know who wrote any of these things here. Why are we just uh, assuming that David Crowley did this again? Exactly. Because, because of a 2012 trailer that he made that, you know, was very, very popular about, you know, anti I wouldn't even say anti police because David had family in police. I don't think David himself was anti-cop. He was an anti-soldier. He was a soldier. He served with the, you know, he served over there. in the two hardcore countries, you know, that were going through this this whole war, if anybody was was a target, David was. Right. You know, it's it's just it's so crazy. There's so many things, but if you just break it down to the basic level, man, what proves him guilty?
2: Can somebody just
3: answer that? What proves them guilty for me?
2: (laughs) Well a lot of people, Greg, are gonna say that the police reports is what proves them guilty. But where?
3: But where? Can they can they really break down
2: where in the police report? Can
3: they give you the page number? Can they give you the sentence? Can they give you exactly where it says here? Boom. Because I can tell you in those ninety four pages, the police say they have no Motive. They have no idea why David did what he did, mm-hmm. but they just are going to believe that he did it.
2: So, yeah. where
3: in the. I mean, that's all I'm asking for. Show right. me where David yeah. is guilty. That no, and know,
2: that's I, too much to ask for, right? Well, no, it, yeah, exa- especially after seven years. I mean, <laughs> that's like, it's true, and, and that's the kind of thing is that you can like the more you look into it, the more you got to be careful because you start going down all these rabbit holes. And I noticed that when I first started really digging into it, when I wanted to start doing interviews on it for my YouTube channel was if you start digging into it, it starts spidering you all over the place. Like you're going down all these different rabbit holes and you kind of lose focus for a while. At least I did. I can't speak for everybody. I'm not going to blanket statement that, but I kind of found myself going down all these different rabbit holes and I found it really hard to stay objective in the middle at first and uh, not get distracted by all these other, like you were saying, you're trying to stay away from all of these other theories and the government, blah, blah, blah. You're just looking right at the evidence and the evidence that's at hand and that's been presented to you. And to me, that was the trick of it at the first, was not to go down all these different rabbit holes and get brought off the case, which could be done as a distraction. Who knows if that's not the intention of all of these different rabbit holes that are putting people down when it comes to this case. That's right. That's you right. Know.
3: And yeah, I mean, that's, that That could be the the whole thing. That's why there's so much propaganda out there re- regarding this case. And it's like, well, okay, people are just looking for something. Where? Give me a starting point. And that's what I tried to do with this book. I'm going to give you a starting point here. I'm not going to tell you what happened because I don't know what happened. I don't right. know if David Crowley is innocent. I don't know if he's guilty. Here's what I know. And that's what the book focuses on. What you want to do with that? What you think is relevant, whatever helps you, you know, get to the to the truth, that is the main point. I've seen too many cases, too many times where there are people who are going to tell me what happened. Don't tell me what happened. Tell me why you believe what happened. Tell me, show me the research, show me the documentation, show me the evidence
2: of why you believe what you believe. That's it. Right, and that keep, that's keep the, it. Simple. Keep it simple, yeah, and that's a great way to look at it, too, and just because we're kind of getting close to the end of the show here, which is, I'm super excited that we made it to the end, and having a great time, I can talk, like I always say, I can talk to you for hours, because I just have great conversations with you, let everybody know where they can find you, Greg, like all your different channels, your website, let everybody know where they can get the documents, and if they want to look at this case themselves, they want to look at the evidence themselves, I'll give you this few minutes here, just, the floor is yours, Greg. Awesome.
3: Well, yeah, I, I would say if you want to learn more about the the David Crowley case, um, you can go to thegraystage.wordpress.com. I have all of the documents up there. You can read them all for yourself. I have the photos. You can download all of that stuff. You can download my free book, which is called The The Gray Stage. We have a monthly podcast which comes out at the first of every. Every month, wherever you listen to podcasts, type in The Gray States. I'm sure it, it, it will pop up. But if you're curious about this case, about a, a former soldier, this is what we're talking about. David Crowley was a soldier who served this country, okay, in two of the most ridiculous wars that we have ever seen after 911. Um, one And this guy was accused of murdering his wife murdering his five-year-old child and then committing suicide okay that is what we know we know what he was accused of the question is what proves him guilty so um i've created this this book um if you type in the gray stage i'm on youtube i'm on rumble now on tiktok wherever you know but Really, um, whatever you are looking for, if you're looking for any documents, you'll definitely find those. If you just uh, search for Greg Fernandez Jr., some of my other stuff will will pop up, some of the future things that I'm working on now kind of in the background. And, um, yeah, I just look look forward to con- continuing to try to help people uh, to understand some of the basic things ab- about these cases and um I try to leave my own personal views out of it and try to help people who are researching like me, right? I write the books, and I look at the stuff that I would want to do. So when I want to look at a case, I want to find the actual documents. Right? They're, they're hard to, to find. Sometimes people hide them or they just give you clips of this. No, I'm going to give you everything. If I have the documents, I'm going to make sure that you have them too. Read the documents for yourself, and you can decide for yourself.
2: That's and that's a that's the perfect way to say it, Greg. And that is true. If you go to the site that he's mentioned, he, all the documents are there. You can find, you can go through them all. Like that's what I did. I went through all of them. I even downloaded the day one journal, his scripts. Like you, that's what I like about that is that you you present all the evidence. Like you give everybody the information. If they choose, they can go through it all by themselves. You know, on their own time. How many times they ever want to go over it? I went. I probably read all of the documents uh, at least three times, and there's still it's still a lot to absorb even after that many times. So um, it, that's what's great is that you know you you can find the information. You make it very uh, easy to access and very transparent, and that's a great thing. I I mean, like, as you were saying, a lot of people it's they make it hard to find the evidence, and at least you're trying to let people know where to get the evidence you're presenting it to them and then then they can come up with their own conclusion and that's all you can ask. I think that's fair and that's what I tell people if you want to look into this case or any case you have to do the research yourself and not let your, you know, not let people influence your thoughts and, and like try to steer you into what they want you to believe. I just think it's really cool that you kind of just present the evidence and you keep telling people look at the evidence, look at the videos and then come to your own conclusion.
3: Yeah, and, and that's what I love about your show is, you know, that's what where your show has been very focused on and just letting people kind of, you know, look into these things. And I, I love the topics that that you're talking about, and I look forward to to, to your show, to your feature shows, you know, I may not be able to participate in all your feature shows, but I will be listening to them. Um, Thank whether, you. That's awesome. Whether my work knows that or not, I will be listening to them because <laughs> I, I I love your your style. I love this platform. I love radio. And Me too. And dot has just been killing it. Killing it for so many years. I think you are, you know, Billy really brought brought us here too. And I, I think, man, this is the perfect format for for you. And I just, I'm so happy that you are here, and so privileged and so honored to be a part of your first show.
2: That's thank you so much, Greg. That, that is amazing, kind words, and uh, I enjoy interviewing you as you, as I've said a couple times in this uh, in this uh, interview here in this show, and you know i just want to wrap up with that greg i want to thank you for being my guest my first guest and i want to thank everybody for joining me on this first episode please come back next monday i will be here at the same time and don't forget to donate if you can because this is listener supported guys have a great evening and i will be back here next monday night take care guys
0: You This is Thomas, aka a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights 10 p.m. Eastern. UFOs, government corruption. This is Revolution Radio. Freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already
1: here.
4: Hi, I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts be an underground law school. I am not an attorney and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio